Pond. Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, live. Mallard.com. M-A-L-L-I-A-R-D.com. One more thing before we start. Let me turn it over to my friend that you may know from Ancient Aliens and the Curse of Oak Island and many other things. Robert Clotworthy. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. On the Malliard Report, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the show are solely those of the hosts and guests and not necessarily of Evergreen Podcasts, KillerPodcast.com, sponsor or affiliate, or any other individual or group. I want to welcome everybody to this evening's Mal Report. I hope you're well. I hope everything's going well. It's been hot here in Western Pennsylvania the last couple of days. So I, I if you see me wiping too much sweat, it's not from the intense interrogation I'm about ready to suffer, which may or may not be true anyways, but uh, <laughs> it's true. My guest tonight is Dave Ross, or as most of you know him as Germantown Runner. That's what I'll refer to him as the rest of the show. Uh, it's funny actually seeing his real name like it. I remember the first time I seen it, I'm like, kind of kills the mystery now that I know who he is. Uh, <laughs> is a nationally awarded journalist, freelance journalist in the Washington, D.C. area. He is the winner of the prestigious Newsletter Publishers Association Award in Breaking News. You got it right that time. Practice makes perfect. So how are you doing this evening, Mr. Germantown Runner? I'm doing great. I'm really, really happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. I'll, you know, I like to pontificate like you do, and I... Uh, I'll do my best for you. Well, you'll do your best. And so for the record, we got to clean this, this bit of trivia up. Germantown Runner is making his first guest appearance on the program. He's called into numerous call-in shows. He has also been the host of the show on one occasion, which he'll well, he'll put revise that role here in a little bit. We're looking forward to that. So this is going to be a 50-50 show. Um, oh, what's the pitcher's name? Zach Grinke. He's uh, is trying to be a member of the 10-10 club. Have you seen this? No. Ten home runs and ten, ten stolen bases. Uh, so he's at nine each. So, But now oh. you know, but now there's DH, so he may not get there. Oh. So I, I seen a, a video about that the other day, and I was like, man, that, that has got to be the worst blow in a guy's career. The one thing he wants to do, not start, start – he started games in the World Series and none this, that, and the other. He wants to hit ten home runs <laughs> and yeah. steal ten bases and be the only pitcher in history to ever do both. And – um now, now he's got to find a manager and talk them in to let him take some at bats. <laughs> well, luckily it's only May thirtieth, so he's got time. Maybe they can trade him to Pittsburgh here in a few weeks, and uh, he can. Well, <laughs> oh, we're back below five hundred, so you know, life as well. <laughs> you know, little extra hope there in April. Exactly. So, so I wanted to bring you on tonight, kind of as we start, because we've been talking about doing these seasons or whatever, it started as months, and now it's kind of turned into seasons, because I think we've been talking about AI for two months now, in the different forms and facets and different ends of it. But uh, as I start to transition into a more, well, spiritual, religious approach, uh, a spiritual summer, hot summer, because um, I've got some guests lined up that'll uh, cause some stir, I'm sure, because the one I have already recorded for a couple weeks is, well, he's going to cause he's gonna cause some stir, and then I have... Um, Sovereign Citizen on for next week. We already recorded as well, and that's going to... Um, I know it's going to cause a stir, probably even for Dave. So I'm looking forward to all that. Yeah, but yeah, that's, yeah. yeah so... Um, because, uh, yeah, he left me speechless at a couple points, which isn't easy to do anymore, but when you... I mean, after 12 years of this, it's kind of hard to hit me with something new that... But anyways, so what, what do you think about all this AI stuff? Because I, I feel like it's been bubbling as we've been talking about it the last eight weeks. I think it's interesting that the timing couldn't be better. I mean, you know, they say there are there are no coincidences. There are only, you know, frameworks that parallel each other. Well, today, of all days, there was a statement made by, it's a nonprofit group out west, the Center for AI Safety. It's based in San Francisco. And more than 400 industry executives today uh, with some of the biggest names in the field, like Sam Altman, Chat GPT, um, uh, Elon Musk, who we know previously, have all said that this industry and we as a culture, we need to pump the brakes on AI. It's moving too fast. 
with too much of a frenzy, with too much unknown. So it's interesting that tonight we're doing kind of like the wrap-up of the season of AI with this big news that, that I mean, 400 Silicon Valley executives saying, pump the brakes. That is being noticed. It's been carried nationwide on every, uh, on every news site, broadcast. I, I've seen it multiple times today. So I was outside cutting the grass. I had my headphones on. And I, stopped, I shut the lawnmower off because oh, I got to listen to this for the show tonight. So, what do you make of that? Do you think we can't? Do you think we can pump the brakes on AI at this point? Well, it's interesting because I think that I think that AI, and I, I do write about artificial intelligence through the aerospace and defense work that, that I do. I think that that AI is much less of a concern than AGI. I don't know if you or your audience is familiar with what AGI is, but think of it as the, um, think of it as AI 2.0, and it's advanced uh, artificial general intelligence AGI, and it is the more human-like, the more capable AI, and that's what has people really, really concerned. And I'll give you an example. We'll take a fun quiz for your for your viewing and listening audience right now, and you can participate. You ready? Yep, always. I love. So the thing with AI is it's basically a clipping service on steroids. So you can ask it to write an essay for your history class on neoclassicism in the French provinces between 1787 and 1880, and and in 30 seconds you will get a non-plagiarized report. It clips ideas from, it has the, the software, it has the programming to clip ideas from other sources that it's seen on the, on the internet, which is almost endless, and produce a, a document for you, a piece of knowledge. So it's still, even though we call it intelligence, it's still pretty dumb. AGI and what they've done now as they're transitioning and looking toward moving things to AGI, AGI is well i'll say it to you this way ai is moving rapidly to agi and there's a bridge and here's the bridge here's the quiz i, I mentioned you ready to take the quiz yep so programmers asked the most advanced version of ai that's out one that you and i cannot access it's still right. in the university labs it's still in the corporate labs run by you know these super fast supercomputers neural networks etc they asked a an artificial intelligence program but it's a program on steroids so it's almost agi they asked if they said you have in front of you on a table a laptop computer a book nine eggs and a bottle i want you to tell me how you would stack them all in a row so that it wouldn't fall down from the base all the way to the top tell me how you would do that now, there's no artificial intelligence, Duckmaster, that can go out on the internet and find that because it doesn't exist. It was a problem that was thought up by the creators of this software. They wanted to see what the um, results would be. And it was disturbing because for the first time ever, AI, which is not even AGI, so AI was 1.0, that AI figured it out in, in using reasoning, the way a human being would use reasoning. And it's a, it was a sentient moment where the AI program had a feeling of its own identity, right? the merger of machines and humans. So would you, do you have a guess what the answer is? Well, I, I've got one question before I guess. Is the book bigger or the laptop? Uh, the laptop is bigger. Okay. So we're going the eggs around the bottle, laptop, and then book. The eggs around the bottle. No, you have to stack them on top of each other. Oh, I have to stack them on top of each that other. Is, you, have, you have a laptop, a laptop book, nine eggs, and an empty bottle. I thought I had a loop. You want to know what the, the you want to know what the answer that the AI came up with? Yes. And this shows reasoning because again, this is really important for everybody to understand. 
This computer program cannot go out on the internet and find the answer, cobble it together and present, present it to you. It had to think it on its own. It had to reason. And we have the thought only heretofore that the only entity, the only um, biological being that was capable of reasoning were homo sapiens. And this, this program figured it out. And this is the answer it came up with. You place the laptop on the table. You take eight eggs and you put them in a row. Two, four, six, eight. Then you place the book on top of the eight eggs. Then you place the bottle on top of the book and the ninth egg goes on the top of the bottle. And you have the perfect stack that won't fall over. Now, you can't go out on the internet and find that. Jim, you couldn't even go out on the internet and find that. I couldn't do it. It figured oh. it out. But I mean, now that you say that, it does make sense. Is that, having, is that amazing? Up on top of eggs. But that's not just a computer program that's going out and searching French provincial historical references. Or what? Who is Jim Mauer of the Mauer Report? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, why do we, and why do we like him so much? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That was a that that frightened those scientists because it showed a different level of, of ability and a different level of capability to figure something out. So that gets me back to this um, statement that was released by the 400 executives today saying we need to tap the brakes on this because there are some, and you can view this as hyperbole or as exaggeration, but there are some that believe that AGI, that's AI 2.0, that AGI could become a threat to humanity, that it could represent an extinction-level threat to our to our species. So, I mean, I think it's something that ethicists and sociologists and religious people, as well as computer people, and and as well as us here in this in the duck pond tonight, need to think about and need to talk about. Because a yeah. lot of profit is out of the, is out of the uh, is available for the taking, and as Elon Musk said, that these horses largely have left the barn. We could talk about it now and try to tap the brakes, but it's already out. The genie is out of the bottle. So perhaps the way to go is Elon Musk's, with whom I'm a huge fan. I have to admit, Elon Musk's suggestion, which is he's going to build his own artificial intelligence bot. And it's going to have all kinds of speed limits and throttles and rules of the road on it so that it truly is a tool for humanity and not a threat. Because he believes that unbridled AI is going to be a threat. Others do not. I have to point out for accuracy, and as a journalist, I like to tell both sides that you know others say, oh, this is hysteria. You know, this is the sky is falling, chicken little, you know, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so, you know, it depends on where how you noodle this through and how you think about it in your own quiet moments, but I think Elon Musk might be the more um, reasonable approach to AI. Now, of course, Elon has an ulterior motive as well. He wants his AI to be the most proliferous so that he makes the most money. So there, you know, there's a profit incentive in there. Well, I'm not, you know, saying he's an angel here, but I think he's onto something in terms of um, balancing the huge potential for AI with the huge threat. That's what I think. It's an interesting conversation for sure. Um, please tell Dave I said my best. I'm not sure he sees the chat. Oh, so. I see it. Hi, Kat. Does you Dave know Does Dave know Elon? No. I, no, I, I have never had the uh, uh, privilege and honor of interviewing the world's richest man. No. But I have spoken to many of his first lieutenants at SpaceX. So, which, which is cool. That's why you're well, one of the reasons close. you're here. That's close. Um, yeah, I'm well, I'll full disclosure. Uh, Chris Olson hasn't been doing my show notes lately. I've been using AI, he got promoted at work. I can't, I will not reveal his new title, but it's a massive title. So, um, hopefully, he he's good for Chris. Hopefully, he's uh, listening tonight and understands we still love him. And there's there's a spot for him whenever he has time, to, or if he ever has time. If not, there's no hard feelings. I get it. Like when you when you go to a really short, powerful title from a really long, 
Well, I don't want to say meaningless because that'll offend them. <laughs> <laughs> but he knows what I mean. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I thought I think though that you know on on the topic of AI, when the creators of AI who stand to make an enormous amount of money from the proliferation of AI, when they're saying we need to tap the brakes, I think we need to listen to that. These people have no economic incentive to tap the brakes unless they think the AI is going to kill them, you know, extinction level technology. They have yeah. no they have no incentive to say this. So I think that that lends to me a degree of credibility in what they're saying. I don't I don't think that we should blindly slam our foot on the brake and stop all development of AI. It's not going to happen anyways. China's going to do it, India, Russia, Romania for that matter, Japan, China. So I mean that's not even realistic. But to to slow down maybe and to think this through, or as Elon's doing launch his own version which will be so um hopefully for him attractive to the marketplace that that becomes the standard that people don't yeah. want this other thing we'll see it's gonna it's a competitive market right now because I, like i said i've been playing off a bunch of them just well for the show right i'll blame That's the awesome. show just to see what which ones work and which ones don't and it's gonna this this technology is gonna put journalists like me out of business See, I, that's the rumor, but I, I think somebody still has to ask the questions, right? And there will always be the need for the manual input. Yes, unless you have a sentient AI that can figure out how to stack those things. And that, that is doing the thinking. That's the point of this. Well, somebody still has to put the information out there for it to search. No. It thought of it itself. There was That puzzle that I gave you did not exist. It thought the solution what? by itself. You had to go through. But somebody had to put the, the question in. Yeah, someone had to ask the question, but there was no place to go get the answer other than that that software program's own brain. Brain. That's what's so scary. That was a moment, that is a that was a seminal moment in the development of artificial intelligence. From just being a clipping service online to Original thinking. Original thinking. Now, there's part of me that is excited about that because some somewhere that AI bot will scan this show and be like, oh, that Dave Boss said this and quote it in the Wall Street Journal without me ever having to submit it, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, this leads to something very interesting, and I certainly am a you know, free marketeer, I've got huge libertarian um, instincts. So, you know, when I, when I first heard the discussion about four years ago of that the concept of universal income, where we all will work less or not work or be sidelined forcibly by this technology, but still have to eat, you still have to live, you know, that the that society through government and tech and technology companies will have to send out checks on a monthly basis just just because you, you have to eat but you don't have a job anymore because ai does your job better stronger faster so that suddenly now makes you think well how are people going to eat how are they going to afford a roof over their head what will humanity do where does income come from where does it come from it's probably universal basic income ubi which to me well, you know that's so socialistic but ai may be driving us to some point where that is the only alternative at least in the short term because people gotta eat that's for sure oh, oh we have a good question here let's see if i can do this correctly practice oh, nice. here practice with dave on here uh does Dave think the AI thing will take over podcasting and leave us podcasters in the, the wind? This is what I'll say. I think that AI has the potential to replace almost anyone, anytime, eventually, if we wanted to. Right now, you know, you've heard of these scams that are going on right now with the deep fakes? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you heard the other day. I don't know if you saw the other day. Right before Memorial Day here in the United States, this past weekend, earlier in the week, so let's say seven days ago, 
all over the internet and social media, there was a picture of a, an alleged explosion at the Pentagon, right here where I live in Washington, D.C. area. Well, it was picked up. It was picked up by multiple mainstream news services with the picture of the smoke coming up in the foreground of the Pentagon. It was nothing. It was a deep fake. It was an AI generated picture. It was indistinguishable from reality. And I think that these types of scams, including getting back to, to Kat's question about podcasters, even the, with our current technology of AI, which we'll look back on as saying, wow, that was so ancient. AI 1.0, that's so ancient. We'll look back on this and say, that was a seminal moment when the, when another seminal moment when the mainstream media picked up a fake from AI and ran it as news. They also have scams that are going on right now. If an AI program, and you're doomed, Duckmaster, you are doomed. If, a, if the AI, if an AI program can get a three second clip, three, or if you're in Europe, three, <laughs> a three second clip of your voice, they can replicate your voice 100% in any conversation. So what's going on? Criminals have gotten a hold of this voice program on AI. They're sampling people's uh, voices that might be on TikTok or uh, YouTube or here on this show. And they're, they're just typing in conversations and calling people's grandparents and parents saying, hey, I'm in Mexico. I've been arrested. I need you to wire this money. And it's your voice. It is your voice. But you're not saying that. Criminals are well, saying it through AI, and it's indistinguishable. It's not like a computer voice that talks like this. It's you. It's indistinguishable. Well, Dave, your wife would think it was you. Dave, I got good news for you. Tell me. If there's ever any uh, international travel, Duckmaster isn't there. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say you go to Cleveland, and all of a sudden your wife gets a call. Hey, I need $500. I got a flat tire on the side of the road. But it's not you. Yeah. It's not you. It's scary. I mean, it really is frightening. And this you know, stuff doesn't look fake. You know, it doesn't look you know, she fake. Me. No. <laughs> it's the real thing. So to answer Kat's question, could a podcaster potentially be re replaced? Yeah. Yeah. I'd never I, I could take another never take another week off if I did this right. Exactly. Exactly. We could both be talking to each other just like this on a future show without ever doing this show. You understand? That? Forever. We have, yeah, we could just have these shows forever. and You never die. Update. Now, they have a really creepy service right now. Somebody is, well, I think it's creepy. There's an uh, interesting service out right now where people provide this company snippets of their recently reported lost loved ones. And they live on forever. They log into the computer and they talk to their dead husband. Yeah, that was, on that was any topic. Those those people on my show and they haven't responded yet. I mean, how how creepy is that? But that's coming. And, and that's Jim, this is AI 1.0. Yep. 1.0. This is gonna get this is gonna get a lot, lot more fun. Fun. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, here so we go. Sorry, Chad. Sorry, I'll still listen. AI Dave will listen. It's okay. That's we, right. Do we want or need AI? I want it, but I don't want the the deep. I like the one that does some research for me and helps me have some interview questions. And but that's like saying, do we want or do we need the internet? Right. Twenty years ago, we would have asked that question, and it's been answered. The marketplace is answered. Without, we wouldn't be doing this show right now, two way video, without the internet. So, you know, do we want electric cars? Do we want vision? Fusion nuclear power. I mean, do we want to go to the moon again? Do we need to go to the moon again? These are the conversations we have to have. Oh, oh I got a joke for you, Dave. You're going to love this. All right. NASA called the um, Hollywood and said, hey, we need some help with this moon landing thing. We're not going to be able to pull it off. And the, the uh, Hollywood set it up on the stage, and they're like, we just can't get it right. It'd be cheaper for you to go to the moon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if NASA's involved. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where did that question from William Poland go? Here we go. 
taking it to its logical conclusions, is it, oh, possible that a future unmanned space missions will take some use some form of advanced AI? William, that is an excellent question. It's already being planned um, by SpaceX for both its return to the moon and uh, the Mars missions that, that are coming. Um, it will it will largely be flown by AI all the way. There are man uh, unmanned missions uh, to deep space beyond Mars that will be sent. That will be all AI. It'll be our presence. This is, it's very hard to to very hard to uh, explain this in terms that an average Joe like me can understand. But it will send it out into space, and it'll have reasoning capabilities. It will be human-like. It will be human-like. And it will be indistinguishable. You know what Einstein said? You know what Einstein said about new tech? Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, Einstein. You know what Einstein said about new technology? Any new technology is indistinguishable from magic. Think about that. You don't know how a new technology works. It's magic. You can't explain it. So you can't use reason. You just have to use faith. You know, you can make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Well, you can't. But unless you don't, unless you don't know how they did that magic trick, it's magic. Right? It's indistinguishable yep. from magic. So it's hard to describe going like to the outer solar system. You know, past even our own eight planets. Although I still hang on for good Pluto. I want Pluto to be that ninth planet again. But we'll say eight planets. It's really hard to think about how we could go. We would be humanity's outreach virtually as a human to these outer to, to these outer planets. We would go with AI and AI would be us because we would never die. You never die. Hey, there's hope for Walt Disney and Ted Williams then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Off with your head into the freezer. And now back out. Yeah, yeah. Now you're popping back out again. But see, you don't, you don't, wouldn't, you wouldn't even need to freeze yourself. You could take your being and place it on a piece of sand, a piece of silicon, a chip. And that chip wouldn't, wouldn't even have to be sand. Actually, when I think about this, it could just be a radio wave that's in the cloud, stored, and that's you. Now, the, there's a religious question. Well, what is, what is the soul? And where does your soul go? When you do die, where does your soul go? Is it merged with this technology? Thinking, you know, like a cyborg? Well, you know, what is this? You know, it's very, it's things that ethicists and religious people and scientific people and we, the people, we need to think about this because it's mind-blowing. Well, see, you read my mind. That's why I'm getting into this religious uh, spiritual summer because there's a lot of questions here that, I have that need answered, so we'll go through them this summer and then it's time for spiritual summer. I'm on board. So I got one more question for you, and then I'll turn the show over to you because we're almost oh, yeah. already. Um, you listened to Matt Snyder with me. I mean, he wasn't live. I recorded him that morning, the biofuels guy for people who are wondering who I'm talking about. You missed it two weeks two weeks ago. You need to go back and listen to that. That was mind blowing. Because that is one of the is that the show? That, that's got to be at least close to the show of the year, if not the show if of the you, year. If you would have, you you gave me a tip. I'll I'll tell the I'll, I'll lift the veil behind some of the pre-show stuff. You had sent me a message saying your head is going to explode when you hear the show tonight, the pre-tape, pre-record. Your your head's gonna explode, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I tuned in, and I you know I'm always multitasking here, and I got the show on, and I'm in the chat room and doing doing everything. And he's talking about biofuels, and I'm like, well, oh, this is interesting. I'm, you know, oh, okay. And when it took that turn, <laughs> the dark, the dark turn about you know the shadow government, and 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 he couldn't tell you things because he was fearing for his life, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. I'm, I'm, I'm like leaning in, extreme close up. <laughs> wow. That was okay. the, that, and the guest. Who was the guest that was the uh, author in, from Antarctica? Uh, Gregory Shush Shushman. Those two are the shows of the year so far. 
early on uh, he January. Was such a good storyteller. The, the podcasts that I like that that you do the, the best are ones where you have storytellers on, and they tell stories. I was riveted by those tales of Antarctica, and you asked all the right questions, like the ones I wanted you to ask. You asked them, like you know, what about this, and how far could you walk away from the door before you were dead? <laughs> you know, I mean, things that would occur to me, like what's it like in Antarctica? You know, how do you get yeah. supplies? How do you I feel when I, when he started talking about fires in Antarctica, I'm like, fires, yeah. How is that even like a thing? Like it's so cold. Like <laughs> <laughs> that show and the biofuel show, those those were excellent shows. I mean, all I mean, all yeah. of them were good, but those well, really stood out yeah. to me. Those people always ask you who your favorite children are, so we're just kind of dipping into that pool right now. So. Well, like when, when you have, and I want to have them back on soon. I hope you do. When we have the. Um, Former Secret Service guy John Carmen, yeah, Carmen, yep. Boy, the stories he tells about behind the scenes at the White House and with the presidents and the haunted White House and the ghosts and I was riveted. I mean, that he's still my all-time favorite guest. I'll tell you right now, he's my all-time favorite guest. He's up there for sure. Okay, oh. so I'll I'll let you dip into your questions now. Well. I'm, I'm curious. I know why, but if you could share it with um, our viewers and our listeners, why did you decide to do theme seasons for months? Well, it's it started with months, and I kind of produced that list, and I kind of ran it down for you all, and then it kind of I kicked budged the edges because I was well, the AI thing kind of took a life of its own, and I kept finding interesting guests on the subject, so I kind of just kept it rolling. The reason I, I did that because uh, I think I was having a conversation with you, and then there was a couple other conversations. Like nothing happens in a straight vacuum. We had a conversation about this before the show about how people just kind of chirp around, and people like the show, but they don't like. Some weeks they just don't want. It. There's a, too many hard transitions for some people. So I figured if we kind of window things. So if you are in the AI, the next show kind of leads or has at least a common thread for a while. So that was kind of the goal. So we'll and, see how that works. How, how did you come up with your list of, of areas that you wanted to explore? Like, we're going to have the spiritual summer. We've had the artificial intelligence spring. How did you determine what topics you were going to pick? Uh, just things that I was interested in. I mean, I've always, you know, always dug into spiritual things. And AI was just one of the things that was just right there. It was just seemed to be popping off every day. And I was reading about it and reading about it. And I'm like, well, I've got to talk to David Broden about this in schools because, I mean, I know if I was in school right now, I wouldn't be writing another essay. <laughs> you don't need to. Right. So, I mean. Which that's another ethical concern. Just just going back to our, our topic for tonight, just briefly. That's another topic of concern. If you can press a button and get a, an A-plus written essay for you that's non-plagiarized in 30 seconds and you're in school, where does the learning occur for you? How to enter a good prompt. Yeah, right. So, I mean, that's it. And then what effect, what's the long-term effect on society for human beings? Where we don't need human beings to reason anymore, to figure out how to write that essay anymore. You just push a button. Or develop their own opinion on whatever. That's where, you know, or do the thinking, the the reading of whatever and develop their own opinion. And I think we're all doomed to be internet influencers. Well, we're going to lose, we're going to lose a lot of money then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can you talk for a moment about uh, your passion for the homeschooling movement, the private schooling movement, the charter school movement? Where did, where did that come from? And well, where did came, you see yourself going within this uh, <laughs> movement? Uh, that that came from well, my my kids we were enrolled in the cyber charter school, and I didn't realize there was such a need for a lobby of a political and family nature because majority of people don't know they have a choice outside of their brick and mortar local school district in Pennsylvania, especially because I mean that's where I'm from. I see it. Now that I'm kind of in that ecosystem, I see it in Arizona and all these other places that are passing different things. And um, North Carolina is repealing theirs or trying to repeal theirs, even though the governor sends his kids to private schools. 
which seems a bit ridiculous, but we'll leave the politics out of that for a minute. Uh, <laughs> clown, show, clown show. Yeah, I mean, that, that's all you can say about that kind of thing. So, yeah, so kind of just as I got into it a little bit and learned more about it, and I was like, oh, well. Now I kind of just looking around, and I'm like, well, who's talking about this? And there's just a couple, three or four organizations talking about it in Pennsylvania, and they're doing a good job, don't get me wrong, but there's nobody how do I say this? There's no solo voice on it who's spearheading uh, even, well, they overlap and kind of work together. They kind of are territorial in their own rights, which I get because, you know, anytime you put a lot of work into something, you're going to be a little territorial over it. So, so where am I going with this? Yeah. I just told you before the show that I have formed the exploratory committee <laughs> for my, pre oh wait, not my presidential bid. Uh, to start developing content around this movement and what I'm, my involvement, and we'll see where that all ends in the next. I'll know one way or the other before school starts again in September. So what I'm doing. Have you ever um, considered, or have you been approached to uh, maybe run for your local school board? They say that you know change happens at the greatest level at the local level, the closest to the people, the closest to the student, not the governor or the state rep, but the school board. Have you thought about that? I have thought about that, and there is um, some hurdles involved that prohibit me from running for my local school board. That's fair. I don't Plus you have get... to want to do it. It's, it's entering the political arena, and it can be brutal. And it, Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, I'm not opposed to the political arena or the per you know, I mean, obviously, I have my own arena for doing this, but there's some other problems that you know, I'm not to right now, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> You'll tell me once you close the video screen off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now you shared with us earlier this year the thematic places we were going to go for the show. So we've got AI here in the screen. We've got the spiritual summer. What are you looking at for the fall? Just remind people because I know you've shared it. Yeah, I'm looking at haunted places for the uh, falls. So we're looking at like haunted like houses. I want to I want to say schools and universities. And just the other type of haunted places, like hospitals, hospitals, hospitals. So like, break that up into like a like a month. I think of like September, we're gonna go to like the houses, and then place like maybe it's maybe it's late August. I don't know. Well, it depends on how spiritual summer runs too. Yeah. Oh, that's so, nice. I'm looking forward to that. Wrap, obviously, wrapping up at Halloween. Oh so. yeah. And then. I don't have list in front of me, but we'll be doing something for late fall, early winter. So, you need to figure out on this um, chat video screen how to do multiple screens that look like the Brady Bunch, and you can have Cat Ward, and you can have you. And... You can have up to ten on here. Oh well, let's get that going for Halloween. I was gonna say I haven't tried it yet, but uh, we'll see if it. We'll we'll get like five or six maybe. Don't worry, we'll... I will harangue you mercilessly through the summer leading up to Halloween. So how's alive. progress going on that Brady Bunch screen? How's it looking? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, well, well, hey, I'm willing to try it. Now, if the technology works, is a whole other, you know, things beyond my control. Yeah, well, half the comedy comes for when it doesn't work. Well, it, it sometimes makes me wonder <laughs> <laughs> how they can bill people for something. That, uh, anyways, <laughs> this site's been good so far. Unlike <laughs> Zoom. Which, <laughs> Speaking of the haunted and speaking of, you know, later on this year, turning back to the, the roots of the Mallory Report, any inclination from any of your kids that they want to follow in the old man's footsteps and maybe do a ghost hunt or become a ghost hunter? Uh, is, it, is, it the genes? is it in the genes? No, not really, but my, my older one, my son, um, kind of sees some things once in a while. Not not like every day, so maybe maybe there's um, so maybe, obviously I mean the, the doors I mean the the windows kind of open I don't want to say the doors open to all of that but uh, I mean my, 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 but but here's the fun part my my daughter is more interested in the the photography video end of things, so like we're talking about you know doing some cold open you know I don't want to say cold opens right but like video for under the intro and outro and nice. that kind of stuff. So we'll, but that's a summer ever, project. Would you ever consider taking the family on a weekend 
to a ghost hunt, you know, maybe to a place, maybe let's say Gettysburg, going to Gettysburg with the family and taking them to a, a haunted site? Yeah, I probably would. Um, of course, Gettysburg is one of those places that I lose time and other things. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but. <laughs> yeah. I have, a, I have a great suggestion. If you make it to Gettysburg, drive just 10 miles south, come into Maryland where I am, into my county actually, and right near Camp David, Maryland, the presidential weekend retreat, there is an institution there called Gateway Candy and Liquor. Okay. It's called Candyland. It is like Willy Wonka. You walk in this place and it's like a throwback. You've gone into like 1965 and it is rows and rows and bins of candy classic candy vintage candy current candy homemade fudge a, an ice cream parlor oh you'd love it my, my diabetes just kicked in thinking about yeah, it your diabetes will love you <laughs> i don't have it but i'm pretty sure if i went there i would um, <laughs> and, and if i do get that way trust me you'll be the second to know <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm 25 minutes from there so you know if I had a slide of it, I would put it up. It says I can share slides. Yeah. I don't know. I don't Actually, know. I, the guest in a couple of weeks shared some slides, so you'll be looking oh, forward. Oh, nice. Very nice. Yeah. So that's, the that's technology does work. So. So have you heard? Um, or, or, or have you experienced anything that you would consider to be paranormal? That gave you a pause. That gave you second thought. Recently. Recently or ever recently not recently no it's been a while since i had anything that made me why do you think that is i think i've been now i'm going to use this with air quotes too busy with you know my mind's just been going really fast and i haven't kind of, you know what i'm saying like there is a i hate to say it this way but there's a empty mindness that comes with experiences yeah even when I, you know, because I was talking to Kim Rackery, God, that has to have been four or five years ago about the driving phenomenon. Yeah. Like you get to that beta state driving, and I haven't been there in a long time either. Okay. Because I've been processing so many other things through. So that's interesting. So you have to put yourself in that headspace in order to be open. Yeah, kind of like, I don't want to say meditation space because you know how I feel about meditation. Too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but that headspace. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, where you're, you're, where you're, where you're uh, tuned and just open. I don't want to say mindless again because that doesn't make sense either. But it's kind of just being more observant and more like the work, like like I was saying, lose time, right? Where you're just kind of in the moment, in the moment. As yeah. much as I try to be in the moment, but do you ever um, sit around with your family and tell them tell ghost stories to try to scare them? Either uh, no. either fictional or or ones that you've experienced. Not my family, but there are times that I'll tell somebody else a story or two. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you. A, I'm going to give everyone and you a ghost story. It's the shortest ghost story that's ever existed, and you'll scare your family out of their wits. Are you ready? Yep. Here's the ghost story. The last person in the world sat in their rocking chair in their home, rocking back and forth, back and forth, when suddenly. There was a knock at the door. <laughs> the world's shortest and scariest ghost story. You have to let yourself go to that place. You have to suspend your disbelief and go there. You're the last living person and your door knocks. That's what I'm saying. You have that's that moment, right? Where you have to be just Yeah, the willing suspension of disbelief. For sure. For sure. What do you believe? Uh, what's your opinion about the singularity? It's similar, it kind of harks back to our AI conversation, but uh, an author and futurist, many people will know this name, Ray Kurzweil, he's, he has coined the term the singularity, which is the merger of biology, humanity, and intelligence. So think of it as like a cyborg. Not a robot, not like the, the Terminator, but... The, it could be in space. It could be existing in radio waves. But the merging of humanity, the soul, with super high-speed technology. Well, are we already we're already seeing that though, aren't we? With hold on. Yeah. There he is too, by the way. Quack quack. <laughs> he hasn't went away. I still. 
you might be seeing him more as I've I got work. mine too. Um, but I mean, I mean, I'm wondering, you know, he's he he wrote this uh, 20 years ago. This the concept of the singularity, and here yeah, we well, are rushing head first toward it. What do you think about that? Could we achieve the singularity? I think I don't think we can. I don't think we could. I think we will by mistake or by by attention. I'm not sure which way it's going to happen, but I think one way or the other it's going to happen because people are too... I mean, come on. Like, I'm wearing these big, bulky headphones. Wouldn't it be great just to hear you? Yep. Not have to worry about feedback and all these other things that are, you know... True. Well, look at what Elon Musk is, is working on. Back to Elon, but he's such an innovator in so many of these areas. You know, he's working on that company that many of your listeners and viewers may know. It's called Neuralink, and that is basically developing a computer chip, a motherboard, if you will, a central processing unit on steroids and implanting it into your brain and then controlling it wirelessly so that you could bypass certain areas of your brain that perhaps promoted or prompted seizures or a spinal cord injury or uh, a facial tick or you know any number of neurological um, autism that that plagued somebody and you could bypass it and that part of your brain would exist on that chip the part that was dysfunctional would become functional again but on a chip that they would put in your brain that's wild to think about what well, remember probably five years ago there were the google glasses that were supposed to transform the world yep. and then kind of flopped in a hurry now you know we talk about them like they were you know some bad idea. Yeah, they were, they were too early. They were too early. Well, there a lot of people are afraid of this because they say, well, would, would the company that implanted or sold and implanted these chips into your brain could they have any nefarious purposes? Could they read well, your could mind? You, could they read your mind? Could they profit from that? Could they control the you? Or the other case, right? It's a forty nine ninety nine prescription or monthly fee, and you don't pay it. Yeah, <laughs> and, your, and your Twitch comes back, and your insurance got turned off, and the next thing you know, you're. <laughs> yeah, but if if you if you had a if you had a, a a child that couldn't walk because of some spinal cord issue or whatever, and you could you could grant. The gift of walking to your child through Neuralink, would you do it? Would the would the opportunity cost be great enough that you'd say, "I'll jump in that deep end," or would you say, "No, this is just too many unknowns." Google Glass. This is Google Glasses. Yeah, it's tough. It's really really tough. And then I, I I seriously look at all these kids walking around with headphones on. Shopping, you know, or the earbuds in, and thinking it's not long before that Bluetooth just gets implanted right behind the ear, and they can just listen to their music and be out out of the world. Yeah, it's, it's plug themselves in the charge at night. <laughs> yeah. But if that if that technology produced, remember, any new technology is indistinguishable from magic, right? If that technology could produce results for you, your family, your offspring, a friend, a colleague, would 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 you push them to go toward that? That's what we have to decide from an ethics perspective. We have to talk about this. Yeah. Because if we don't, it will just happen to us, right? Things happen to you or you can be a participant in these technologies. It's tough. It's really tough. Really. It is humbling question and thoughts but i think you probably have other questions prepared so we'll dive into that and then oh, i always have i always have other questions now <laughs> i've asked you this before in written in the in the duck pond i've asked you this question but i'll ask you again going back to the ghost hunting is there any chance that you see yourself dipping your toe back into a semi-regular ghost hunting trips with the new technology that you have now and the internet, you could take us along with you, et cetera, et cetera. I, I can't say, ne I'm not ever going to say never, but it becomes less and like, like less likely by the day. Yeah. Cause you get so busy with life. Yeah. Kids grow up and then they're adults. 
Yeah, the, you know, it was kind of like, well, once the kids get a little bit older and be able to stay with grandma by themselves, and now it's like, oh, well, you know, now they're a little bit older, now I'm trying to do the show and do this and do that and the other. No, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but, I mean, I, like I said, I can't say never, but. Uh, I'm, yeah, know. never, yeah, never and say I, never. And I, and I don't know, Dave, the other part of that is, like, having done a, over 60, I don't know what 61 is going to bring. Yeah. Right. Besides that moment of whatever in that moment, but like, I believe, and I don't, I don't think anything is going to change that. I mean, it might help somebody else, but will it? I, you know. So there's a lot of thoughts that yeah. go on. What do you think about the kind of the resurgence? We're going through like another wave. It kind of these shows on cable going away. We seem to be going up again with the number of paranormal shows and ghost shows that are coming on cable and satellite, and even on the internet for that matter, YouTube. Get you rumble. Like you, it, it seems like we're, you know, like a tide ebb and flows. It seems like we're flowing again. Yeah, I, I think. Well, for the especially, we'll go for the high end stuff, right? Because there's a the passion side of it for the YouTube, and you know that there's always going to be people doing that. But the cable, the satellite, the the commercial viable products. That's the that's what I'm talking about. They're cheap to produce. So that's, that's why they're true. coming back. That's true. Much cheaper than scripted, scripted television. Scripted reality. Yeah. So they especially in the midst of a writer strike. Yep. <laughs> that's the other thing, right? You don't need a writer for a paranormal show. These writers better be careful because you won't need writers for a comedy show soon. That's the that's the rub, right? AI. So they gotta be careful. For me and you, we'll be their the writers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a writer and I'm not on strike because I don't write for Hollywood. So I'm okay. I don't work for anybody, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was just struck by how the other day I was scrolling through my channel guide and I couldn't. It was paranormal show after paranormal show, and I'm not talking about just on a single channel, travel channel, but many, many, many channels. Why don't they just rebrand that thing? The paranormal channel will be done with it. I've wondered why they haven't. Actually, I I, wonder, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's cheaper not to, but I think you could do a better push that way than just having it as a travel channel. I think the brand would make sense. And you could sell a lot of swag that way, paranormal TV or whatever you call it. Oh, heck it. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Speaking of swag, how is the uh, Duck Pond uh, merchandise shop doing? Duck Pond. Duck Pond. Shop, or .com, easy for me to say. Uh, I've posted a few new, a uh, few new uh, quote T-shirts the other day. Good. Plus, plus the ones with the uh, live Tuesday night banner, the, the cover art, and just the the Mauer Report font. So, um, got that update. I'm going to get some more quote shirts out. Probably, I want to say next week, but Good. it'll probably be, it'll probably be July before I get there again. <laughs> I wore one of my Mauer Report T-shirts out today, cutting the grass. It was so hot. And it's white yeah. and it's light cotton, and I said, "That's the shirt I'm wearing." Yeah, I'm so wearing I'm excited about that. At least I, I got the because the old stuff was still up, and I'm like, oh, "I got to get some new stuff up." Yeah, yeah. So, so some there is some new stuff. I, I only problem I've, I'm facing right now is like the the cover art and the the live Tuesday night shirt are those graphic banners, and it is the look right on a T-shirt. But I've got these other quote shirts that are pretty cool. Oh, cool! Very good. They're not my quotes, but they're kind of they they could be, I guess. Yeah, and where can people go to see those? Duckpondshop.com, and then click the t-shirt, and then click buy t-shirt because there's a couple other options there on that page. So. Awesome, awesome. Okay, my last question is: This harkens. This is this. This is to complete the circle now. From the from the New Year's prediction show, what <laughs> prediction did that that you made? Are you fearful won't come true? Which is the one you're most, of all your predictions, which is the one you're most worried about? I don't even remember making them, Dave, let alone which one. <laughs> well, uh, you. You're on your own on that one. I was going to say, I don't. Rem I honestly don't remember which ones I made. But that's why the, that's why this fall Halloween season has is ending on Halloween. Yeah. Right, Because that prediction show is coming. We're doing it for sure. That's like... The, I'll, I'll prompt you. Media consolidation, disclosure. Oh, oh, the one I'm worried about the 
pandemic. I'm not worried about pandemic. I mean, I am, but I'm not. But I think this media thing, especially of Tucker Carlson kind of stepping out or stepping yeah. in or stepping Huge. around. Huge. Whatever, whatever way that turns out. I, it, it's interesting. And then I guess Rogan has got a deal for next year with Spotify. The yeah. first yeah. body did it. But I don't know. The terms don't seem to be public like the first deal was. I don't know. There's something weird going on there. My guess I is, guess he is less cash up front, and he took a back-end percentage, perhaps uh, private stock or something. They're giving him a piece of the action of the company, my guess is. Yeah. In, well, lieu, of, I, in lieu of cash. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously stuff going on there. And the other, okay, so we have, I haven't talked to you about this, but Pat McAfee is going to ESPN. Which I'm going on the record for right now as saying that is a horrible, horrible, horrible. That's free horribles, Dave. Decision. <laughs> <laughs> um, I yeah, I've heard mostly negative things about his show moving there because it's ESPN. It's this corporate homogenized, less edgy, highly, yeah. highly now political cable channel, which is you know on, on a good day maybe fifty percent sports, on a bad you know on a bad day less than that. Um, just saying that that they're going to ruin his show. I don't know. I, I, I mean, think they will. I think it's a bad move. I would not have made it, but they sweetened the pot for him, and he couldn't say no. Money talks, and I, I think uh, money ruined the bar stool too. Yeah, I was just going to say, look what the, uh, Dave Portnoy did with bar stool. So yeah, Portnoy, I, you're welcome on the show. I'd love to talk to you about it. I mean, boy, would uh, he be a great guest? Would be he would guest. be. Hey, don't forget to put the uh, link. For Cat and the others in the chat room for your merchandise. Nope, can't do that. Since um, normally I would do it, but I'm I can't right now. <laughs> I'm a little bit indisposed. You're busy. I know. Okay, yeah, so so now I guess I got to flip back to you and okay. asking you questions as we got a couple okay. minutes left here. Because you know, you know, well, I, I got some statistics first, and then I got the famous end of the show question for you. So tonight is show number. 709 or 7607 out of a possible 624. That's a 97% clip of doing them. Wow. Just just in case you were wondering on the math on that over wow. 12 years. So, and two of those misses have been in the last two weeks, which is hashtag, more frustrating. Hashtag podcast Iron Man. Which is just dumbfounding to me that I actually took two weeks off in a row. Which for I'm the first time. No, I'm proud <laughs> of you. <laughs> I mean, the last week wasn't planned, and the week before was. Well, wow. I, I I got home at nine thirty, and I thought to myself, you know, if I would have cut cut this corner or not, eight, we, if we didn't sit sit and eat dinner, we could have been back in time. But you know, like I had planned it off, so. <laughs> no, you did the right thing. You did the right thing. Yeah. Well, plus I was toast by the time I got home. Like yeah. I was done talking and <laughs> I was done. Exactly. The, the, it was kind of weird sitting here on Tuesday night at nine thirty. But I'm not talking to anybody. Not doing my show. I'm it in the house. For us too. We had to have a best of. So okay. So there's my best ofs are good, and here's why. If you haven't heard it, it's new to you. Yeah, well, it's new to a lot of people. There's a lot out there that people haven't heard. Exactly. Um, okay. So, you know the fine, famous last question around here. Mm -hmm. What's the go-to breakfast for, for Germantown Runner? I like the Grand Slam breakfast. It doesn't have to be Denny's. I know it's a trademark term, but I like the Grand Slam breakfast. I like the two pancakes, the two eggs, the two sausage, a toast, a juice, and a coffee. A juice and a coffee. Mm -hmm. Juice and a coffee. It's flooding in and out, folks. <laughs> well, I love that Grand Slam because it's, like it's like a little buffet on a plate. You get a little bit of everything. So I guess I'm going to have to twist your arm back and say you're going to be on that Halloween group call because there won't be an opportunity for a group call for the Halloween show. So you're going to have to be on that one, just so you know. And then we'll get you on after spiritual summer. So you'll be the transition guy. Okay. That sounds so great. Let's, let's end this bad boy. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, everyone. Good to see everybody in the chat room in the duck pond. See you soon. Hang out, Hang out with me for a second. I'll, I'll talk to you about the other stuff. Okay. Hey, I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a good show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it. Take a few moments, subscribe, share, all the fun stuff. You know how to do it. I don't have to tell you. Just uh, be ready for next week. It'll be sooner than you think. 
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.